Watch and listen to the talking news every day at 12 noon and 6 p.m. on Channel 96 Comcast Xfinity and Channel 30 Verizon Fios. It can also be heard Mondays and Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. and Wednesday at 12.30 p.m. on Channel 9 Xfinity and Channel 29 Fios. Listen anytime on the BMC Podcast Network on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for the Belmont Media Podcast Network. And now on to the talking news. New Minuteman Tech officially completed by Ross Cristantelio and Joanna K. Zavallis. The student union of the new Minuteman Regional Vocational Technical High School was nearly capacity. The, the space, a large open area at the heart of the building, was filled with local politicians, school officials, media members, and students. They occupied every corner, filled, it, filled in each gap, and pressed themselves up against two levels of balconies. Light streamed in from the room's massive windows, positioned over the adjoining outdoor courtyard to illuminate a scene years in the making. The official ribbon cutting and opening of the new school building on October the 4th. And, uh, after multiple attempts, the Minuteman School Building Committee Chairman Ford Spaulding succeeded in quieting the room. Spaulding's remarks were followed by many more, including rousing speeches from State Treasurer Deborah Goldberg. Senator uh, Cindy Friedman and Superintendent Ed Boquillion. Lexington State Representative Michelle Cecilio presented a congratulatory citation. The new building was completed late this summer, and 19 Belmont students have been attending there for about a month. The total capacity for the new building is 628, and there are 602 students currently enrolled. 439 from 10 towns who are members and 163 from non-member towns. There is currently a wait list for freshmen of about 12 students, according to Bokulian. He said the overall um, enrollment increased 17% this year. Freshman enrollment increased 56%. Three years ago, special town meeting in Belmont voted to rescind its membership from the Minuteman, which allowed the town to avoid paying its share of the debt service for the new building. Since then, Belmont Superintendent John Phelan has appointed a working group to explore career and vocational technical education options. The working group gave its report to the school committee in June of 2018, recommending that Belmont reinstates its status as a member district of Minuteman because it is the only option for CVTE that has capacity and is willing to commit a long-term relationship with the town. Jim Gamill, Belmont's representative on the Minuteman School Committee, recently gave presentations to the select board and school committee demonstrating the possibility, possibility that Due to the increased enrollment, Belmont students may be turned away if Belmont is a non-member. As a result, this November, special town meeting will be voting on whether or not uh, to rescind Belmont's decision to withdraw its membership as a member district of the Minuteman. 
town meeting members have, uh, will have to decide if the risk is worth taking. If they vote to rescind the decision to withdraw in order for Belmont to regain membership, the Minuteman School Committee will have to unanimously accept the decision. They will also expect a catch-up payment on the debt service for the new building, totaling $472,667 for the fiscal years 2018, 2019, and 2020. Beginning in 2021, Belmont will be responsible for, pay, for paying 1% of the annual debt service, about forty to 50000 per year, even if zero students from Belmont enroll. It is 257,000 square feet. Uh, it's 257,000 square feet can accommodate 628 students and cost about $145 million, Bokulion said. The old building could accommodate about 1,000 students, he added. Bokulion said he fought for something that will fit more students but could get a smaller capacity, but he could only get a smaller capacity approved by the Massachusetts School Building Authority and the 16 towns that had a say in the initial design, he said. After the winter, the old building will be demolished and replaced by athletic fields. The building is based around an academy model of learning, which is designed to increase collaboration and communication between academic and vocational classes. The school is split into two halves, one focused on trades and the other on life sciences and human services. The student union was purposefully placed in between the school's two halves to encourage teamwork, Boquillion said. There is also another collaborative common space scattered throughout the school with a similar purpose. And now on to my colleague, Claire. Thank you, Bob. Celebrate Community Media Day by Jeff Hansel. Every year around this time, in hundreds of towns across the U.S., we celebrate Community Media Day and Free Speech Week to raise public awareness about how micro-local community TV stations like Belmont Media Center serve the communications needs of millions of Americans every day. Nearly 40 years ago, public educational government access TV channels were brought into existence by Congress to ensure that American cities and towns have free access to the tools, transmission, and technology to operate local TV channels for the benefit of their residents within an expanding, privately owned, nationwide telecommunications infrastructure. Today, those public access TV channels, now called community media centers, continue to serve local governments and school districts, nonprofits and community groups, and everyday citizens by offering media classes to students and seniors, showing local meetings, promoting local events, connecting community constituencies, informing residents about ongoing developments, that affect their daily lives, and providing a neutral public forum for candidates and issues. For nearly 30 years, Belmont has had some form of a local access TV channel. First, there was Channel 8, operated by the cable company, and then initiated in 2005 by the Belmont Media Center. Today, BMC continues to serve Belmont in many ways, 
by documenting and transmitting 1,000 hours of public meetings and events per year, leading several after-school media classes for elementary and middle school students, installing a state-of-the-art digital TV studio at Chenery School, covering a local high school sports, producing a collaborative weekly community-sourced news show, Belmont Journal, uh, training local, a local group, Science for the Public, to produce an educational TV show that is also carried on the WGBH Forum Network, serving as a training and rehabilitation site for Project Able, McLean Hospital, Beaverbrook Step, and Belmont SPORT, and by offering ordinary folks a place to speak their minds, create their visions, and learn new skills. Recently, the FCC had threatened to defund community media centers everywhere. Fortunately, thanks to the nationwide effort led by Senator Ed Markey and the objections raised by our own local leaders and voices, including many local residents and the Belmont Select Board, that threat has been defeated for now. So this year, Community Media Day has an added meaning and elevated importance than before. In Belmont, we kick off Community Weekend, Community Media Weekend, or already have, on Friday, October 18th, presenting a special edition of our audiovisual open mic series from 6 to 10 p.m. in Waverly Square Live from Studio A at the Belmont Media Center. There was food, snacks, and refreshing beverages from Belmont establishment and board games for the studio audience. We are hosting uh, an art reception for a new exhibit in the gallery at BMC of 20 amazing photos of an emerging Instagram artist and Belmont resident Mike Crowley. Over the last year, BMC's open mic has featured many local musicians and singers, artists and rappers, poets and performers, free speakers, and random pedestrians who have all taken the stage. On Friday, we welcomed back singer-songwriter Mackenzie Lee Clement, classically trained pianist Mike Ring, and the Somerville-based Combo 11, who performed all original music. Belmont's own John Verrilli was on mic with Curtis Poole to sing some old favorites. John's appearance was notable because he is also one of the founders and original video volunteers of the Belmont Media Center. This will be broadcast once a month on usually Fridays. Now over to Max. Thank you, Claire. Trash in Parks, an Ongoing Issue by Christy Armstrong. Trash in Belmont's parks is a perpetual problem, and the Department of Public Works is hoping residents will help solve it. If you've been to one of Belmont Parks on a weekend, you've probably seen trash cans overflowing with empty food containers and juice boxes, plastic water bottles, dog waste bags and dirty diapers, and pizza boxes piled on the ground. Trash barrels at playgrounds are a huge issue, said DPW Director Jay Marcotte. We manage and maintain the parks, and it's true for every playground in town. People overfill the barrels, and if they have parties there, they leave their trash and pizza boxes. 
Belmont residents have also noticed the problem. On the Belmont Parents Facebook group, a recent posted photo of an overflowing trash barrel at Joey's Park, surrounded by pizza boxes and additional bags of trash, elicited more than 150 comments. Half the time when one trash can looks like this, there are two others that are mostly empty, commented one resident. Realistically, I think it falls to us as a community to act. Another resident wrote, if it's more than a couple reasonable pieces of trash, people should understand they need to take it home. Marcotte agreed that users need to help keep the areas trash free. Where is the line drawn in the sand for what is the town's responsibility, he said. You are bringing in the trash. Last year, the town piloted a carry-in, carry-out program at the parks to try to mitigate the trash problem. We had signs and we had no barrels, said Marcotte, and it lasted about three months, maybe less. There was a lot of feedback to us, to the recycling coordinator, to the board of selectmen, and to the town administrator to bring back the barrels. When asked about implementing a policy that would combine carry-in, carry-out with also having trash barrels available, Marcotte noted that the Recreation Department currently has a per permitting process <laughs> in place for people who want to use the town fields and playgrounds for group activities and parties. Belmont Recreation Pro Program Supervisor June Howell said, There is an application online on the Recreation website and a lot of demand for spaces. People need to reserve tables at playgrounds with the permit process, and it specifies on the permit that they need to take their trash with them. This permit application can be found on the Belmont Recreation homepage, belmont-ma.gov recreation, and is listed as, quote, field permit application, unquote. Permits are required for outdoor gatherings or parties at the Winbrook, Pequasset, Grove Street, Payson Park, and Town Field Parks, as well as the Chenery and BHS Fields. Some of Belmont's neighboring towns also have a permitting process and trash regulations in public parks. Watertown Recreation requires permits for using fields and having picnics and barbecues, which can be applied for online at recreation.watertown-ma.gov slash 185 slash permits-picnics. Watertown Superintendent of Public Works Ger Gerald Mee noted Watertown also has challenges with trash in its parks. We're constantly evaluating what we have in the parks, Me said, and we still have people trying to throw out residential trash there. One difference with Watertown's handling of trash in its public parks is that the DPW has a park off-shift position which supplements the regular DPW public trash pickup crew. The regular crew works 7 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. during the week explained me, and the park off-shift workers work 10 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Wednesdays through Sundays. The weekend shift is continually taking trash from the parks. Belmont's J. Marcotte noted that recent, they recently tried to supplement its public trash pickup as well. The Board of Selectmen wanted to try a pilot program of having the trash barrels emptied every weekday and Monday holiday. And we did that for about 12 weeks and spent over $9,000 in overtime, he said. We still had overflowing trash. We still had illegal dumplings. Dumpings. We spent $9,000 and we still have a problem. Another ongoing issue is the disposal of dog waste bags. 
Residents need to be aware that dog waste should not be disposed of in any public trash receptacle. Quote, take your dog waste with you and dispose of it in your covered trash bin at home, unquote, Marcotte urged dog owners. One possible solution that the town and the DPW have discussed in the past is the Big Belly solar-powered trash compactors. Marcotte described the problems with these trash receptacles. A Big Belly is a big upfront investment. It is a machine and they do need to be maintained, he said. Between the maintenance costs and the machine breakdowns, they are not worth the aggregation and people still pile trash around them. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. Jamaica Jeffs in Belmont, ready to open, the, uh, by Joanna K. Zavallis. Uh, Belmont resident Jeffrey Lassiter noticed something was missing from Belmont's restaurant selection. The one thing we didn't have was a barbecue, Caribbean cuisine. I spent so many years in the Caribbean, I thought it was a great addition, he said. This is how the idea for Jamaica Jeffs at 61 Leonard Street, Belmont Center was born. Lassiter spotted a vacancy in Belmont Center where Cashish used to be located and brought his vision to life. Lassiter opened quietly on October the 10th. Uh, he has all his permits and licenses approved with the exception of all alcohol license, which is currently waiting for the state's approval, which he hopes to have within the next two weeks. For now, it's BYOB. In preparation for the opening, Lassiter flew in Chef Licia, uh, Licia Alexander from Chatham Bay Resort in the Caribbean. She will train Lassiter and his staff how to make the sauces and cook everything on the menu, such as conch fritters, uh, Jamaican, uh, I should say Caribbean jerk chicken, pork ribs, soup, and Jamaican tostitos. Lassiter, director and CEO of Jamaica Jeffs LLC, which he founded with his business partner Antonio Genchi of Scotland, has hired and trained 12 Belmont High School students. He is open daily from 7 a.m. to 11 p.m., serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner, including Jamaican and Caribbean coffees. And once his all-alcohol license is approved, will have a full bar offering tropical cocktails. After working the last 23 years mostly overseas as a U.S. diplomat, Lassiter moved back to Belmont in May. Originally from the South, Lassiter 50 has two sons who attended Belmont Public Schools and will be helping him with his new venture. And now over to Claire. Thank you, Bob. Soccer Night in Belmont by Phoebe Gray. From a bird's eye view, Soccer Night in Belmont is home to a rainbow of colors. Hundreds of kids in their colorful second soccer uniforms, the flags of dozens of countries hanging from the fence of Harris Field, and the wristbands worn by varsity players create this vibrant atmosphere. These wristbands match the color of the second soccer team where the now high school players got their start. Those hundreds of youth soccer players were part of the estimated 1,800 spectators who watched the Belmont High School girls' varsity earn a one-to-one -one draw and the boys' varsity fall 3-0 against Winchester at the September 21st doubleheader. 
The fourth annual soccer night in Belmont once again created a unique experience that both inspires young players and gives high school players a chance to reminisce about their youth soccer days. The crowd enjoyed high-quality soccer, food, and entertainment. Youth players got to play their own matches on the big turf during halftimes, and the high school players got to compete for the Phoenix Cup and enjoy a ceremonial walkout holding hands with paired youth players similar to an English Premier League or World Cup match. The BHS girls kicked off the action in the front-end match, lining up on the field against an undefeated, experienced Winchester team with 20 of its 24 rostered players being upperclassmen. Belmont appeared ready for them from the start, using their extra special home field advantage to energetically shut down the Winchester attack. The two teams kept each other scoreless through the first half, but two minutes into the second half, Belmont struck. Junior Jenna Thomas got off a pass from senior captain Marina Corrales and scored on a high shot from 22 yards out and sent the crowd flying to its feet. After Thomas' goal... Both teams ramped up the intensity, and in the final minutes, it paid off for Winchester. Junior Hannah Curtin managed to get a ball past Belmont goalie Bridget Martin, who had shut down Winchester all night with multiple strong saves. The one-to-one tie ensured that the Belmont girls would retain the Phoenix Cup it earned with last year's soccer night in Belmont win. Now over to Max. Thanks, Claire. Beach Street Center holds 10th Anniversary Celebration. Over 100 people attended the 10th Anniversary Celebration of the Beach Street Center on October 6th. The event featured remarks from Paul Solomon, former selectman, Ethel Hammond, former chair of the COA board, Joel Samuels, president of the Friends of the COA, Stephen Rosales, former selectman, Will Brownsberger, state senator, and Nava Nivogel, COA director. The program included musical entertainment and closing, a closing sing-along by Bel Air's piano accompanist, Annie Ann Silverman. Attendees heard stories of how the Beach Street Center came to be and the people who advocated for it. In their talks, speakers mentioned the variety of programs offered at the Beach Street Center, including the robust lunch program, exercise classes and fitness room, art classes, games, informal groups, lectures, and special events that change every month. Niv Vogel spoke about the future of what the COA might look like and how cities and towns will need to adapt to meet the needs of their seniors. The program ended with audience members sharing personal stories about what the Beach Street Center means to them. The program was followed by refreshments, including a cake that Friends member Dottie Ching and others served. All month, the time capsule and memory box will be on display. Members are encouraged to share their visions, advice, hopes, and memories for the future, memories for the future, of the Beach Street Center. The plan is to bury the box and to open it in 2029. The Beach Street Center is located at 266 Beach Street and is open from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday and 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Tuesdays. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. No Pool, No Problem by Phoebe Gray. 
Despite their pool being filled with uh, mounds of dirt, the Belmont girls swim and dive team is full of optimism and talent this season. Due to the building project at Belmont High School, the girls swim team has had to temporarily relocate uh, for the season. Unfortunately, the pool that their practices are now held at is not a legal MIAA pool meaning that they are not able to host a single home meet the whole season. However, the long hours spent on the bus have not stopped the Belmont girls. Led by senior captains Georgia Kermond, Hannah Pierce, Lilla Newberry, and Marie Chase, the team has gone three and two thus far this, year, this fall. Many of the meets uh, have been a battle to the end including the recent meet against Belmont, uh, excuse me, against Boston Latin Academy when the Belmont girls won 96 to 82. The meet included notable performance from Hannah Padal, who achieved her season personal record in the 100 freestyle with a time of 1 minute 11 seconds and 8, 111.08, and junior Camille Sandage, who shaved nearly 15 seconds off her 500 freestyle to earn a time of 633.66, and sophomore Izzy Abdullah, who in the 100-meter breaststroke achieved a personal, a season, seasonal personal record in the event of 122.40. Although the team has only uh, swum uh, six meets, uh, many swimmers have already qualified for states, including freshmen... Alki Stepion in in the 100-meter freestyle, junior Katrina Chen in the 200-meter intermediate medley, and the 100-meter breaststroke and the 100-meter backstroke, and junior Sammy Fogel in the 200-meter intermediate medley and the 100-meter butterfly. The team contains predominantly swimmers, uh, but it also includes five divers, who practice at a different location than the rest of the swim team, as the swim team's new practice pool does not possess a diving board. The divers, notably Marina Cataldo, who recently won Athlete of the Month at Belmont High School, has earned key points at close meets that have helped lead the team to victory. The swim team is also renowned at Belmont High School for their Wild Spirit Days, especially Grandma and Baby Day and Wizard of Oz Days where the whole team dresses up to get pumped up for their meet. The Belmont girls swim and dive team may not have a pool, but their abundance of spirit and talent definitely make up for it. And now on to Claire. Thanks, Bob. Belmont Council on Aging is seeking drivers. The Belmont Council on Aging is seeking drivers for its new volunteer driver program. This program was developed in response to the overwhelming need for senior transportation. Transportation is vital to keeping seniors independent, active, and involved in the community. This program is intended as a supplement to the already established transportation service provided by the Council on Aging. If you were unable to attend the volunteer driver program open house, you can still call or stop by the COA to inquire about more information to sign up. For more information, contact Martin Clarity at 617-993-2989. Now over to Max. Thanks, Claire. 
local artists to exhibit at Belmont Media Center. As part of Community Media Weekend at Belmont Media Center, the gallery at BMC is presenting The Belmont Show, Instagrams by Mike Crowley. Local resident, school committee member, host of Belmont Journal and an emerging artist of his own Instagram feed, at Photo Sculpture, it's photo with an F, Crowley is exhibiting photos that he has created over the last year. Both black and white and color, his works are eclectic, creative, colorful, and often revealing, and offer a revealing and sometimes humorous commentary. Doors open on Friday, October 18th at 9 Lexington Street in Waverly Square. Meet Crowley, see his works, enjoy some appetizers and beverages from Belmont establishments, then catch some of the live music during the open mic starting at 7 p.m. Admission is free. Donations are welcome. All proceeds from the sale of Mike's photos will be donated to the Belmont Media Center. Back to you, Bob. Along with my colleagues, Claire and Max, we thank you for listening to the Talking News and hope you've enjoyed the show. We will return next week for another edition of Local News Happenings around Belmont.